Today's chat is brought to you by the support of our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with a weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some of the exclusive features in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes... We need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 27 of Extra Lore, recorded live on June 1st, 2018, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at Halo. Note that, yes, we did happen to skip episode 26. Uh, this was due to the Warmind DLC drop date. Um, the community had let us know that they would prefer us to do a lore prep show for that instead of the recap for the God of War conversation we had last month. Excuse me. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. We also have the man who it has been said to have the voice of the flower, an individual who goes by many different names, Justin Sane 0516. What guys do you have on for us tonight, Justin? I am a Hal O'Halloran. So. That's a reach. Oh. I think Green had a better pun oh, than Justin oh, oh, oh. did to start out. Look at but that. I, uh, <sighs> you don't have to be such a jackal about it. <laughs> next, well done. Next up, we have You're our own killing master. Me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green-Eyed Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? It got way better at the end of the week. But yeah, it's good. It's good. We're going to we're gonna do some Halo. I played some Halo this week. Yeah, for the I know. first time since the last time I played Halo, <laughs> which was with, also with you guys. <laughs> uh, and rounding out the usual team, we have our grizzly bearded cultivator, a spin foil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay now that I can actually breathe. Uh, yeah. This week has basically been the battle of too many allergies that have been happening at one time because summer is starting and so on. But aside from that, uh, the, the the dog actually had to go get uh, checked up over at the, the vet. Uh, just her typical checkup and everything came back fine. And we're just Yay. getting more worried with her because she's, of course, getting to be 14. But, oh, uh, man, yeah. They oh, keep wow. They keep assuring us that she's probably the healthiest 14-year-old dog they've ever seen. <laughs> they're like, don't worry. So she's not going they're anywhere. They're like, no. They're, they're like, no. You want to get rid of her? No. Sorry. You you can't do that anytime soon. <laughs> no, I don't want to get rid of this dog. I, I don't. Oh. But anyway, yeah. All good news otherwise this week. So been been good. Nice. 
And of course, for these topics, we always want to make sure that we have someone who is well versed in the lore. So I'm happy to welcome back Penn's Halo. Not it. (laughs) (laughs) Penn's, how is everything going for you tonight? Oh, not bad. Been an interesting week fighting with Microsoft patches and an air conditioning unit decided to finally die. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one of those sound worse, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, the Microsoft patches. Microsoft patches, for sure. Well, for those who might have missed the first few chats we've had you on for this particular topic, can you give us a quick snapshot of how you got involved with Halo lore? Um, pretty much. I start, I picked up Halo uh, Combat Evolved for the PC when it got released in that was well two thousand one. Got interested in the game and ended up uh, was in Borders one time <laughs> and uh, found a. The Fall of Reach, uh, mm. the novel, and picked it up, and they had me from the word go. Um, yeah, I was about to say, and you never looked back after that book. <laughs> nope. That book goes with me wherever I travel. <laughs> um, I mean, Marcus Leto, who worked for Bungie at the time, he's widely considered the father of Master Chief. But I am, I firmly believe that Eric Nyland gave Master Chief his soul. Hmm. That book just, it's my favorite book um, in, in Halo and probably one of the top five that I have. So, and that the fact that it was written in seven weeks. Oh, man. And then also just to, on that, on that note, actually, if you guys have not had a chance to read that, um, but don't let the mini or the mini movie, I don't even know what to call it. The movie, I guess. Don't let that <coughs> live like, action. It wasn't a live action though. It was like no, a, yeah, it was like a animated. Movie, it was like an animated comic. It was I don't know. I um it was kind of in some of the some Halo stories were done in a like a stop motion type comic. Um Midnight on Midnight in the Heart of the Mythlothian is one of them and it was kind of in that. Well, what I was going I was going to say is don't let that cloud don't let that cloud your judgment on the book because yeah. that's one of the few issues like Think things are different. I guess is the yes. easiest, this yes. the gentlest way of saying. And the book yeah, is much, in my opinion, much better. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't sour my. I actually saw the short before I read the book. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, and it didn't. Like I, I can understand after having read the book and gone back and watched it again, I can understand being like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I do that. It, it's it's a very well put together. Oh yeah, um, no, 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 right. Uh, and I, I think if it, you've seen it and you haven't read the book, that's a good. Yeah, you probably think you're wow, moving upwards. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, then when you go read the book, then then you're gonna be like, whoa, this is more in depth. There's, way I mean, more. In- there's more things happening in the book. Then. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and to be fair, the entire goal of that was to. Get people who were new to Halo, give them a background leading into Halo Five, and in that in that sense, it did a pretty good job. It's you know, it's just it kind of that R, <laughs> the R word that we throw around a little bit retcon. Mm, yeah, yeah, it, that one's one of those kind of things that as a, as a Halo lore guy. Yeah, I just like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> and actually, j- kind of jumping over that tangent, because I can go on for 
days about the other thing that they used to lead into Halo 5, which was Hunt the Truth. If you guys have not listened to Hunt the Truth, I urge my wife, who is not a video game player, it like devoured that audio drama oh, series. And like I, it, that that is the first audio drama anything I ever. Oh really? Did. Uh, uh, yeah. Like you you did yeah, okay. It is the one of the best things I've ever listened to. Uh, I I think it was actually who's the guy that does uh the Benjamin Jero? Is it is it uh, uh Key? Key. Is Key. That Key? Yeah. Key. Yeah. Key. Yeah. 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 Uh, Michael Key. Yeah. He is so good as just like this. He's like very, he's, he's very reasonable everyman type character. And he's, oh, it's really good. No, uh, Noah and like reading some of the behind the scenes stuff for Hunt the Truth was really cool too. And like the stuff that they did. I, I, it, if you have not, if you have not listened to that podcast, that is an amazingly well done. It's a podcast. It's also, it's an audio drama podcast. Um, it's amazingly well done. It's it's a uh, it's a documentary from within the Halo universe about the events of Halo Five or like the very beginning of Halo Five into yeah, Halo, like, into Halo it, Four. Yeah. Um, so like that, in addition to Fall of Reach, is just oh, they're amazing. Well, anyways, real quick to kind of go back to Fall of Reach because I was going to use that actually as a segue into our community question because last week we asked community. <laughs> In the Halo universe, is Dr. Halsey a good or bad person? And then I punted it over to Green's Twitter and ran away. <laughs> Such um, an unfair question. With laughter. With, with a lot of malicious laughter. So I'm assuming that Green jerk. got some responses, and I'm going to hand it over to her for that. Yeah, I mean, we had about 100 votes, and Ooh. 67% said she was good. 33% said she was not so good. Um, the consensus was, is like, they think she's kind of a, well, not nice word. They think she's a jerk, (laughs) but they understand that for the, the greater good, even Mm. though it was partially selfish means as well. Well, yeah, I, I would have agreed with all of that before I read this journal. This journal humanized her. For, oh yeah. For me in a way that that I never ever envisioned Dr. Halsey ever doubting herself. Like um and and questioning to herself whether or not what she was doing was right. But um That's the nice thing about this journal is you get oh, it's to amazing. that side. There's always two sides to a story, if not more. Yeah. She cool. is she is definitely not evil. She is definitely not good in the in the conventional sense of the word but she is willing to willing to sacrifice her own for lack of a better word goodness in in order to do what must be yeah and proof's in the pudding i mean we got master chief out of this come on yeah i before we get into it i would say that out of every piece of Halo lore that I have ever read, um, and there's some good things. I mean, um, Halo of the Fall of Reach is still my favorite overall, but outside of what would be considered mainstream books, which the journal really isn't in like a mainstream novel, is by far my favorite piece of Halo lore. I mean, more than Halo Mythos, which is amazing. Um, 
you know, more than like almost any of the, uh, the stuff that you're getting in the loot crates, anything. Um, and if I remember correctly, this was actually done by Nyland. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's he right. Had, he, had a, he had a hand in it. Ama- yeah, he, he did an, it was an amazing job. And even in comparison to the other stuff that I've seen now, I'll admit I've never had my hands on Cade's journal from Destiny, but mm. from the Destiny stuff that I have gotten, it's good. It's not this good. I mean, you do not get the insight into some into a character like you do in this journal. An equivalent of what Bungie could do is give us Willa Willa Bray's journal, or give us Elsie Bray's journal, and I think Elsie would be a way more intense read. Yeah. Yeah, and this is borderline a psychological profile at times. Mm-hmm. Like you in her little doodles <clears throat> and when she draws and and she's saying, oh, "I can't focus today," and you can kind of see how her mind works. Her doodles. I yeah. like doodles. doodles. I bought a bullet journal because of this journal. <laughs> I just pretend this is my journal. Yeah. Fun fact, Justin goes and sits in coffee shops <laughs> and sits with a pencil and makes it look like he's drawing this. Yeah, and I don't try to pretend like I'm some big shot. I try to act like I'm an idiot savant and just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, there are plenty of blank pages at the end of it that you could do that if you so chose to do so. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> so what what was the poll? Mostly good, but people still think she's, and you can bleep me out in post notes. Most people think she's a. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> it's true though. That's it's not I mean, fair. Yeah, it's. She's, I would never. She's I mean, not empathetic to m- most people's <laughs> like emotions beyond like the Spartans. Like she's aware of the Spartans and that's mostly like clinical how she's aware of them. But she's a genius though. Like that doesn't excuse you for being a jack wagon. No, but it doesn't excuse you, but there's there's uh there are psychological psychological archetypes that Mm -hmm. most genius IQs exhibit and that is somewhat of a dismissal of kind of the niceties of things, the the platitudes and and most of the him hawing around that most of us normal folks actually equate to being a good person. None of it makes you a good person. I can say good morning every morning and still be a garbage human being. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And and one person with a with a genius IQ might walk straight past you and never register you because their brain is. Is, you know, they're kind of, it, it reminds me of the Cade quote where he's like talking about Ikora and he says, I, I wonder what percentage of her brain power <laughs> she's using on me right now. Like, like what, like what small fraction of her brain power is she devoting to listening to me right now? Uh, and that's, that's how, I mean, not to excuse, but I think just to, to call her a b- is just, is, oh, sorry, I did it. Too good. Um, <laughs> is it? I'm not saying it's harsh because it it it's fine. I mean, I don't think she's losing sleep over it. I would say, rather than saying it's harsh, I would say it's an oversimplification 
Oh yeah, it's of a all, very it's, complex profile. It's way outside of what, like, actually knowing her. It's it's like claiming a celebrity is a jerk when mm-hmm. all you have are reports from like paparazzi, which of Happens course to me all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, me too. Right? I do have one fan that's nearby here. He happens oh. to be my boss's son. He's listened to two of our episodes. I feel pretty accomplished. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was, most people are much more eloquent than just calling it straight out that way. Like, yes, she, she saved humanity with her actions, but, um, in a long, in some ways, she ruined a lot of lives in some respects because of what she did, or she played with people's lives by manipulating them, but it's all in the weight of what you think is needed versus what is appropriate. Blue? I'm ready to go to the question, if you guys are (laughs) completely comfortable. Yes, next week's question. Did we actually come up with next week? I kind of have one. I have one, okay, but I, I haven't. I haven't you fielded didn't warn it. Me. I ha- yeah. I've just, I, yeah. It's it's been one of those weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually I was kind of just doing what I do and lurking through Reddit, and I saw I've seen a lot of conversations about worm gods because obviously, uh, with so for next week we're going to be talking about the worm gods. We're going to be going back to Destiny, so we're going to kind of do a little bit of a question in preparation for that episode. Um, and there's obviously been in light of the war mine DLC, there's obviously been some, uh, discussion about what exactly do the warm gods, like, what are they, what are they? Um, even more so than there was prior because we've actually now in game actually gone up against one. And, you know, in some cases, literally single-handedly defeated them. Um, which is, it, it it brings to the forefront a lot of comparisons because it took six Guardians to defeat Oryx, but only took one to defeat Zol. Now, uh, and I know Beard will probably have a lot to say on this next week as well, because I know he's done a, a lot of looking into this as well. Um, and there there is legit causes and, and reasons behind why this is even possible. But I'm curious. So currently, as far as we know, and I'm going to emphasize that because we, we don't know for sure about the fate of two of the worm gods. We know what has happened, supposedly, um, but we don't know what they're even capable of. So we don't know that they're completely out of the picture. Like, actually, I'd, I'd go as far to say that they aren't out of the picture. But there were originally five worm gods. Um of the three that okay. remain, yeah, of the three that remain, which would be uh, Yule, Ear, and um, Ur, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what what are people's thoughts as far as, um, I, I, I don't want to dumb it down by calling it power level, but I guess it's really the only way to say in that, like, what do you, do you think in comparison to Zol that they are going to be significantly more powerful, or are they going to be... Like where where in that spectrum do we think those those worm gods are going to lie? Because they are still within a pact with the hive in general, whereas Zol was only in a pact with, you know, the outcast. Um so I'm just curious. I was I was actually just thinking 
that would be an interesting debate to see. To see where, um, can I try to? Yes, please, please. I mean, like I said, like for for everyone who's listening, for everyone who's listening, this is this is kind of a thought process in motion because I hadn't had a chance to field this with Green. So, um, so what about what? Like, if you were going to put the Warm Gods in as kind of a ascending hierarchy, what what order would you put them in power level? If Zol is the bottom, or if well, Akka's some of the, the other bottom ones. by all technicalities. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Akka is also a glove at this point, so. Well, yeah. He's a giant space glove, but sure. Yeah, I mean, depends <laughs> on what. Right. I mean, I. Never mind. We can go real fast. <laughs> we're not going to finish this. We're not finishing this train of thought. Um, we're not. Yeah, I'm going to say this train of thought is effectively not PG-13. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what would the hierarchy be in power within the worm? Right. Gods? Like, yeah. what order of power would they be if they were as- assigned, like one through five, uh, one being the most powerful, five being the least, or whatnot. And if at least 20 people don't say over 9,000, I'm going to be really <laughs> yeah. I almost brought that up. I was like, and if you just want to do kicks and giggles, over 9,000. Just guardian. And hopefully mm-hmm. these other ones have better attacks than Fireball and Purple Floor. Purple yeah, Floor. But let's, fireball! Let's be honest. Purple Floor! If, if Yul hits me with a Kamehameha, everything's <laughs> forgiven. Everything Did a is question forgiven. real quick before we switch back over to Halo. Was his attacks arc, solar, and void? They're definitely no, void. His attacks were there was void and solar, solar but his void first attack and was freight train. <laughs> well, get along, little doggy, because I know a few people died trying to ride that guy. Hey, hey it was a complete legit hey, strategy. Hey. Okay, the spice must flow. <laughs> Oh, uh, when huh. spring break gets in. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, oh, man. So, okay, yeah. so what the question we're going to put is, what order of power would you list the five warm gods, and then if you're feeling adventurous, explain? Yeah, we'll do it like that, that way. Cool. I like that. All right. Proper citation. Proper citation. No. Proper citation. No. Because, you know, I we have so much. I don't want so more much... cards in my Twitter feed. <laughs> we have I so do. <laughs> you know how All the responses to Green had part one of five in the title of the, oh my God. At the beginning. Like, I, oh. Justin, I'm going to start making you do the Twitter poll. <laughs> if this is going to be luck. what it's turning into. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. You have to get on Twitter uh, for more than like one day a week, though, to make hey. it happen. <laughs> wow, that was a low well, blow. Well, be Is sure it? to sound off and let us know your thoughts on that one. Um, and as obviously, I know everyone here is looking forward to diving into the discussion for tonight. So let's run through our standard intro notes, and then we'll get right into it. In our last Extra Lore episode, we had a brief introduction to Monster Hunter. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. 
Reviews in particular are extremely helpful as they help us show up on charts and that helps others find the FFC community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. With the Extra Lore series, we delve into a game series other than Destiny for a full month, giving the group a chance to get a feel for the other games that our community loves to play. As with the normal chat topics, Extra Lore is decided by the community through a monthly poll. After the month's discussion has come to an end, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. The next Extra Lore is going to be a discussion on the lore of Star Wars, so be sure to jump into the Discord server and weigh in on that conversation. The chat we will be recording next week is going to be a discussion on the Worm Gods from within the Destiny universe. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. For this episode, Pins was kind enough to put together a high-level summary of the topic that we had planned for tonight's chat. This is a personal log entry for Spartan 92738-61842-LC, squad-designated marksman for Fireteam Apollo serving aboard the UNSC Infinity. My current orders, as per Captain Thomas Lasky, are to determine the root cause of UNSC AI CTN-0452-9, otherwise known as Cortana, current state after her survival of the destruction of the Mantle's approach on July 25th, 2557. In performing my duties as an investigator on this matter, I asked in an interview if the person agreed that Cortana was not a typical AI. The response given was, you mean because of how she was made? While this puzzled me, I continued with the interview, and at the end... I referred back to that response and asked whom should I speak to get the answers to that. The answer stunned me. Catherine Elizabeth Halsey. (sighs) When I joined the UNSC, I transferred into the Spartan branch because of the stories of the Spartan twos and how they fought to hold back the covenant in the days where it seemed our end as a species was inevitable. At places like Kai Seti 4, Jericho 7, and Sigma Octanus 4, Spartans worked to hold the line and push the Covenant back. They were the heroes we needed. Then you start hearing the stories. They were kidnapped when they were young children, forced to undergo training that would break officer cadets, and then undergo chemical and genetic procedures to turn them into super soldiers. At a time when they should have been discovering the opposite sex for the first time, and the joys of your teenage years having all that robbed from them, and all of this done under the planning and coordination of one Catherine Halsey. It made me feel tainted. In some way, it cast this dark shadow that enveloped anyone enjoying the Spartans. And it angered me. How dare this this monster be allowed to still breathe after what was done by her? How can she stand there and claim that she's there to help when she has caused what may be irreparable harm to not only those poor children, but friends and family and the human race entirely. (sighs) 
But those feelings get tamped on pretty quick, faster than I expected. Frankly, I am at my core an investigator. And I know that there are cases where good and bad, saint and sinner, betrayer or saver, can all be a matter of perspective. And the only way to get the full and accurate picture is to speak to those who lived it and approach it as independent as possible. So I find myself prepared to dig into the history of arguably the most controversial person of this or any era, trying to find the answers we need, looking at the gray areas where most often the truth lies. A 20th century author once said, The truth, it is a beautiful and terrible thing, and therefore be treated with great caution. So it is with great caution and purpose that I start looking into the mind and reasoning of Dr. Catherine Halsey, with the hope that the answer to our survival be found there. With that, Pins, where do you think the best place to start would be? Well, we'll start a little bit with just some quick background on Halsey. Um, Catherine Elizabeth Halsey was born on the colony world of Endymion in the city of Port Vernon in 2492. What kind of makes this interesting is the fact that um, when... Halsey was going through and choosing the genetic markers and choosing those children to conscript into the Spartan II program. Almost all of them were taken from the, uh, from the outer colonies. So in a weird way, in, in not a weird way, but in one way, Halsey was farming what the place where she knew where she grew up at to populate that. From, okay. So from her, she grew up in this off world. Was mm-hmm. her training also there? Or did she was she trained somewhere else? Halsey was a uh, oh, yeah. Catherine Halsey was a uh, savant. She was a genius. Um, at a very early age, uh, she was seen as extremely gifted, um, and she actually uh, went to an elite academy known as the Endymion Gifted uh, at a very young age. Always, she was always exceeding uh, educational standards. Um, she caught the attention of a of the dean of the uh, Colter Browning University, and who essentially funded her um, her way into university. Um, and she ended up graduating at the age of eighteen um, with a, with a uh, with a doctorate. And it's at eighteen that the real story starts with her. So, like I said, she was brilliant from the word go. Um, um, Justin, did you have something real quick? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, uh, and she was, she was kind of a special kind of genius too, because her, her genius kind of transcended specialization. She was an expert in so many fields. It was, it was kind of hard to keep up. And it, everything from particle physics to neurobiology to, uh, genetic, genetic, uh, gen- genetics or geneticism. Oh. Uh, genetics. Yeah, genetics. I said it right. Yeah. Um, just like there's, there's so many. She, she is accomplished enough in in all these different fields to be one of the top minds in each one of them. But she's, she's really kind of a Renaissance woman in that, in that sense, isn't she, Pins? Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, we'll kind of look at this here in a little bit, but um, the work she did on AI. Um, and oh, I left all that out. Yeah. 
I mean, she was a lot of her work was groundbreaking with the AI. With AI. Um, and the other thing is, is by the age of fifteen, she had two doctorates. She, or I should say, she completed two doctoral thesis papers. So, yeah, um, she was utterly brilliant. Um, and like the the other thing about Halsey, and one of the reasons that I frankly am fascinated and I love talking about her is there is no other character I have come across that seems to span or, or have 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 an impact like she does in the world uh, that she exists. Um, especially, you know, if you look through all of the Halo lore timeline, almost everything can trace back to her. And, and that's what really makes her stand out, at least to me. What would you say her biggest accomplishments are? Like, if you were to list them? I would probably say, in, in looking at it, it was the work she did with AI. Um, I mean, the, the stuff she did with, uh, the Mjolnir armor was, was really, was groundbreaking as well. Um, you know, putting teams together for that. And also her work with Forerunner, um, research, which actually happened later on in, in the, um, in her lifetime. But I'd probably say at the top is going to be the AI, which considering she was the mother of Cortana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much a given, <laughs> but, uh, so kind of. It's interesting to me that yeah. like that is by far what most people would consider her greatest achievements is essentially Cortana and whatnot. But she helped design the program that changed the Spartans into what they were, right? Yes. Um, she was the, the way it kind of the way it worked out. And this is all now pretty much everything that we're covering here. It actually is found in the journal, which is why. It's it's such a great way to insight into the mind of, of Halsey. And let me just back up here just a little bit. Um, when Halsey was 18, she was at this mixer. And um, as part of this mixer was a scientist by the name of uh, Dr. Carver, who had who was kind of a darling of the science scene. And he was the one who it was... Uh, he described this thing called the matrix mechanics of the socio and political and economic vectors of human expansion. Essentially, what Carver's findings were was that as things stood in the human universe, it was inevitable that a war would break out between the inner and outer colonies. And it would be a long and bloody affair. Um, at this mixer, Hall, Catherine Halsey, again, she's 18. And kind of full of her, a bit full of herself, immediately contradicts him, saying that he's not using the right theories and everything. Um, and talking about that he, it sh- he, Carver was using a factor of seven when it should have been 16. And it was at this time that it, it was during this point in time that, um, the, who would be Vice Admiral Michael Stanforth, who was a captain at the time, uh, uh noticed her. And then started, um, the process of bringing her into the UNSC and owning. Um, and about three weeks after that party, a Halsey had submitted this grant proposal for artificial intelligence control. And it was greenlit with the contingent on a successful testing 
of a model that the UNSC chose. And the model they chose was Carver's. Now, Halsey being what she was, she felt that the whole model was flawed uh, at the way it was basic. So what she did was she ran it in the normal model, but also ran it with the under her parameters. And um, I mean, it, the model document talked about the breakdown of um, social order in the outer colonies within 20 years. But when she ran it, it was even worse than that. You're talking about war that would cost billions of lives, you know, untold um, amounts of uh, untold dollar amounts, and essentially bring human back to the uh, humans back to the Stone Age. Um, so she goes through all this. She submits everything to the UNSC, and it ends up the UNSC already knew all this. They had known that Carver's model wasn't fully accurate and had been researching it for three years. And it took them three years and untold amount of money to come to the same um, result that Halsey did in the, her short time looking at it. So, yeah. And she's the just, interest, go ahead. She was, I'm sorry. She was able to basically surmise all of that very, very quickly, just based off of an initial reaction or how she actually studied them, studied it that much. I mean, she yeah. was br- brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she caught the flaw. What she she caught the flaws in it almost immediately. And the the interesting part of this uh, is that and it's kind of mentioned in in the journals. She asks, then why did they make her do the same calculations? Um, there is no doubt that Halsey is brilliant, but I think in this instance she got hoodwinked by the UNSC and ONI. Um, there are times when people know so much that. You cannot talk them into something. They have to convince, you have to put them in a situation where they convince themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what the UNSC did with Halsey. They, they said, okay, we want you to do this and looked at the results. And in getting all that made it seem like, okay, you can be a part of trying to resolve, help resolve this. And, you know, She's a scientist. She saw all the numbers. She saw everything. Of course, she's going to think she wants, she wants to be part of that. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was just a really, really interesting thing that this whole, her whole path was started because she got fooled. So, and nothing um, like going through a ringer of test. Yeah. Because the government doesn't trust you can do it. Mm-hmm. But she says, <laughs> His ideas were genius. His algorithm implementation obsolete. And then she goes on to say, I outlined a corrective maintenance matrix calculation, revising the dimensional parameters in my head. He used seven when he needed 16. She did that in her head. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like that newfangled math, you know? It's a little bit more than that. It's not just math squares. But it's like the comparison of us trying to do math the way that we were raised on it versus the way that kiddos can do it that now, which in some ways makes them faster at it oh, than we are. They've, they've got they've got math so messed up that, that <laughs> no, my son's doing math and I'm helping him. I'm like, what? Why are you doing that? What? What is this? I don't. Yeah. What yeah. even right. is two plus two anymore? Yeah. Why not? But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but yeah, her the it, the depths of Halsey's genius here 
the whole interaction of her at this party, figuring out that this guy's life work is just fatally flawed is, is <coughs> typically Halsey. Yeah. The other, well, the other, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And from the outside looking in, because like I said, top of the show, I probably don't have much that I can add on this entire topic. Uh, it sounds like a very, uh, if you will, warlock-esque thing to do, but it's more from the opinion, from the idea of just simply going, uh, as a researcher, she has these, these memes about her that are not being fully touted by what the UNSC could have probably ended up using her for. Uh, instead, they, they ended up like jackknifing her into these, these different circumstances, which, I don't know. It's more intimidating to somebody than a genius who is let free and to do his own, his right. own designs. Right. Yeah. That's, that's more what I'm trying to get to. But yeah. Thank you, Green. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the other, the other thing, especially about the, this whole thing with Carver was, and she said it, she said it states it in the journals, like if she would have known that two years later, Carver would have committed suicide because of what Carver commits suicide about two years after that party. The reason being, he felt that everything that had occurred was his fault because of the science that he put together. So in essence, he was trying to predict something and it caused it. And, you know, kind of went prophecy. Yes. Self-fulfilling and pretty much put him into the spiral. And Halsey at that point said, if she would have known that would have happened, she probably wouldn't have been as harsh as she did. I mean, so. it's the nice thing about this journal, which we kind of talked about, is it humanizes her. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was this genius who coldly made these decisions in some respects. Like the way we see her in the video game is very cold, straightforward, no nonsense kind of person through the majority of the games. But the journal and even Reach gives her a little bit more of a softer side. A bit, yeah. So about a year later after that, about, yeah, about a year after that, she's getting started. And where she's starting at is an evaluation of Project Orion. Project Orion was the UNSC's initial attempt to enhance soldiers for use to combat against insurrectionists. So the, the, the journal goes through, you know, I think was it about four or five different items, you know, how Orion was made up of all volunteers. Um, and they may have been qualified, but it was, there was too many variables. They were too unreliable. Um, so like she would go ahead and she'd say, okay, here's what they did. And then this is what I would do. This is what I would do to improve it. Now, this whole thing is nothing more than it is, is really nothing more than a pure science, uh, not experiment, but like a, 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 a scientific look at it where, okay. Here's what was done. This is what can be done to improve it. Okay. Talk about taking volunteers from the UNSC candidates. What's the refinement that you narrow the field to not just don't allow everyone to volunteer, but to certain genetic markers where you know that your enhancements are going to have the greatest chance for success. And then also you don't choose people who are fully grown. The, the enhancements take better when you're dealing with prepucent prepubescent people. So Which is actually a medical accuracy. Yes. It's much easier for a youth to adapt to a lot of things because their bodies are constantly changing anyway. So, right. so that's why when 
like somebody breaks their arm and they need a rod put in, that rod has to be taken out because their body isn't finished adapting. It would actually stunt the growth of the child if it was left in too long because right. they're constantly moving and evolving and changing. But, yeah. Um, like the other part of it is, like I kind of mentioned this, was the genetics were un- unrefined. They really didn't focus on a lot on them. And what Halsey recommended, and this is the thing, was the largest DNA database out there in, in the Halo universe was the Outer Colony uh, vaccination program. Again, the Outer Colonies at this point in time wanted to be independent, but they would accept free medicine from the inner colonies. So this gave a massive database of DNA that could be checked and say, okay, here's the markers we're looking for. Here's the, the children subjects that would best fit it. And then the last, the last piece was in also dealing with, with taking volunteers that were fully grown is that, um, some of them actually expressed sympathies for the outer colonies and, you know, experienced different levels of post-traumatic stress disorder. And the refinement there is, and it says like total indoctrination is required, not the brainwashing, however, not brainwashing, however, essentially you take young children, you start training them right away. You instill in them discipline and loyalty. And then at, at the end, you would have less problems with like post-traumatic stress. They wouldn't um, identify with the outer colonies and things of that nature. And this is one of the, this is one of the lines that really make to me shows that Halsey is very conflicted. Um, my logic is sound, but ethical and moral ramifications linger so much to reflect on. I need time to think. So right there, like I said, to me, it's, it shows that she was looking at everything from pure science. And then when she tries to look at it from a moral and ethical thing, that's where she pauses. And it's at this point that I still don't think she was fully convinced to actually move forward with everything. So, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, she had such, just pause and not sure what they're doing was right, but the consequences would be so dire if they didn't that even if she had those misgivings morally, she she wanted to press on to make sure because wasn't she being pressured by was it Oni that was pressuring her at this point to continue with the with the modifications of the Spartans? Well, the uh, it hadn't officially ta- started yet. Okay, it, this was all just like the the, the pre staging for it. It was all evaluating on how they should go about it, the pre planning, mm-hmm. and it's a it's at this point that I think it was still because nothing had been fully set in motion yet. And I don't think UNSC had dropped any, like UNSC hadn't dropped the bucks on it yet, <laughs> really, um, to, to really like get the ball rolling with everything. I think at this point it was still in a, in kind of a nascent stage. Um, I mean, it was like there's something else that they were looking for besides the, the youth aspect and the inner colony tie and, um, the, there was the like main, a luck aspect or something. Or am I remembering that? No, that was, well, that is something that is not to jump ahead, but that was actually from, uh, Halo, the fall of reach. And mm-hmm. was one of the main reasons that Cortana chose John. <laughs> and it's actually, if you ever watch the opening cut scene for Halo three, 
where the monologue is Cortana and she's saying, um, they, did you know they let me choose? And she's like, she could have chose anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why did, you know, why did I choose you? And then it's just one word, luck. Cause it's widely known that, uh, John is actually not the fastest. He's not as fast as Spartan. He's actually not the most physically gifted Spartan. He's also but not he, the most clever either in right. some ways. Very true. But what does he have that no other Spartan has? That intangible luck. So. It's just interesting that that was something that, cause it wasn't one of the testing. I'm trying to remember how, wasn't Fall of Reach when they did it or was it during one of the animated, not animated, the live action where they mm-hmm. actually did a testing to see what the child's luck would be before certifying that he would go or whatnot. Hmm. It's been I'm a while. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember that. I don't really recall anything specific for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a lot of in in most of the in like the the comic a, the comic book adaptation of the Fall of Reach, which is actually still pretty good. Um, there was a lot of um, stuff for teamwork and training and, and things of that nature. Um, they did like drop them off in the woods and expect them to survive. There was that. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. The one, the one thing, what you might be thinking of, and Blue just jogged my head on this, is it was actually Halsey's testing of John when she first met him. The coin flip. The coin That's flip. what it was. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. Silent one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sorry. I heard, I heard you say luck and then test, and I was like, oh, she's, I think she's talking about the coin flip, which is the king of the hill piece of mm-hmm. uh, Fall of mm-hmm. Reach, which is where you yep. learn that. No, John's not the best at things, but he is stubborn as all get out about yep. getting things. That and John all or uh, Master Chief also displayed the uh, like snapshot decision. Like he he could make a decision. I think that was more Mendez that said that though. And yeah, uh, that was hunt, that hunt was more truth. And yeah, he, Mendez, like Mendez. Oh my gosh! But yeah, he he was explaining like. Uh, one John had this like uncanny ability of making decisions like just in the split second and it just and I mean you can call it luck you can call it gut instinct but like his decisions tended to be really accurate um and like yeah and well and that's and like Mendez was like we don't we like we we couldn't you can't train someone to do like you either have that or you don't and like Mm -hmm. every one of the Spartans had something that they like really excelled in uh, you know, you had like Cat, who was like super fast. You had uh, no, that uh, was Kelly. Kelly, yes, yeah, sorry, Kelly, who was also a terrible yeah. driver. Uh, no, 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 no. That was Kelly. Cat. Was that was Cat. Cat, Cat was, was the, the one driver. that could, I always get those confused. Cat was the <laughs> one you don't let drive anything because she'll drive you off a cliff. Kelly yes. was the one that was super fast, and then um, was it Fred? Is like Fred is actually a really good leader, not to mention mm-hmm. tough as hell. Um, Bro- from a and soldier like, perspective, Fred is actually a little bit better than John, which but which just, is really he just cool. Chose not to right, like, and you see that play really not to be. You see that exchange in Halo Five, which is really cool to see mm-hmm. see uh, John kind of give way to Fred a little bit because of that. Sp- I mean, like so, like Fall of Reach really kind of shows that each one of the Spartans had like an area that they excelled in, and John's just happened to be like he had this like innate. To, like people look to him to lead in a way 
but he also had that that gut call and that was one of the things that halsey like from the very beginning of seeing him with the the king of the hill thing um in fall of reach she kind of identified with that and that was the coin flip too was i think it was like if he could if he could predict it she would give him the coin or something yeah he like he like yep. nailed it every single time and she's like all right well, here's your coin well i think in in the animated one i think there was in the comic in the comic book and in the original story it was one coin it was one flip right it was, oh, it was just right. one yeah, yeah, flip yeah. it wasn't multiple flips which i if i remember right the animated one had multiple flips i think the, i think this you're one right was, there was one flip and he caught it like right away of what it, what it would be. Um, so it's just interesting that someone, that that would be a test for this very science-based woman is essentially judging, not just luck. Cause that's, a, that's like the basic aspect of whatnot, but also judging just that snap decision the decisiveness, the I'm just going to go ahead and do this kind of, I don't know, just stubbornness. Just his stubbornness to just keep going. And keep well, saying, that was that was the thing more more than the luck. It was the fact like, because like if you uh, in, in Fall of Reach, she, I think the coin flip was after the King of the Hill battle, wasn't it? Or was it right before? Yeah, the, the, the the way it worked is she and Jacob Keys had landed on right, and they were watching the kids to, at the orphanage. Right, they were watching a King of the Hill fight. Okay, um, and John won. So, <laughs> just, oh yeah, like I mean, yeah. I mean, annihilated them. Oh no, like he was brutal, even as a kid. Like he just smashed them, and like, and that was when she was like, that's when they that like he got their attention and then there was and actually ddj and and chad actually brings up a good point too you know it's a he said like i always thought during the coin flip he looked at the side facing at peak height to surmise what it would be that's the thing is like we don't like there's not really ever an explanation like there's not a clear explanation it's like is it john just being super perceptive or is it you know that gut instinct luck whatever yeah but at the end of the day though does it really matter if it works? Like that's kind of the thing with, with her right. was she, he had already like John as a, as a child had already caught their attention because of the King of the Hill thing. And then the coin flip situation happened. And it was like, that was kind of like the ceiling of his fate. Can I just say, this reminds me, this part of the story always reminded me of Ender's game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was very, yeah. very Ender's game. Like I, with the monitor and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just real quick, just so can move on here. Um, one of the other things that's in the journal that's actually kind of interesting is you get this, you get, you get the sense throughout that Halsey does not have a very high, um, I, I, um, she has a preconceived notion of the military and Oni and things. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's the line of substitute Generation 2 Orion with something more operational for my military counterparts. They do love their code names. 
and there's a, there's a whole list of code names listed in here: Titans, Argonauts, Odysseus, Olympian, Zulu, Kronos, Promethean, Armor, ne- Nemesis, Daedalus, Hercules. And so, even throughout this time, she's thinking of uh, of that kind of to as a balm to uh, the military. So. Which is something that always kind of bugged me as mm. far as like the code names and everything. They're Spartans, but the Mil- Milner armor? Milner. Milner. I don't, but if I remember, she didn't have a lot of say in the Milner name. Did, cause Milner was already started, wasn't it? Mm. Or was it, was it? No, I believe she was, she was in a, she was definitely part of I mean, she was definitely, yeah, project. the research, but did and, she name that project? I can't remember if she named it. I believe she did. I have to, I'm trying to remember that specifically, but yeah, I believe that she, she did, because those are the two projects that were actually hers. Um, the, the Spartan project and then Milner. Um, okay. because, um, with, with Mjolnir, um, like each suit costs what a UNSC destroyer would cost. <laughs> it was unbelievably expensive. Um, with the power involved and everything like that. Um, so yeah. So, and then the other, the other part of it, and this is actually later journal initially what Halsey would do with the meal wanted to do with the as advancement as she developed advancements and things of this nature the the armor would get updated now that may mean like certain pieces would be changed or <laughs> this something is my like favorite that. part of the this is one of my favorite parts of the journal Are you it's, talking about it, the budget meeting yes and but the thing <laughs> is is the unsc wanted the marxist what 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 became the mark system was like, okay, instead of like taking one piece and doing this update and then doing this other piece and doing this update, no, you're going to save all this. You're going to, and then do an entire, okay. Essentially just reset the entire armor piece and the entire armor that because it was so expensive, the other, other ways. Um, quick fun fact for those of you who are Halo fans and books. There's a new Master Chief novel that's coming out, written by Troy Denning, great author. The cover art shows Master Chief in a very weird-looking suit. Uh, there's been, there was a lot of debate in the Halo community about whether it's canon or not. You know, why does this look differently? It is canon, because this was the armor before the Chief's Mark V. From Halo Community uh, Combat Evolved, um, so it kind of fits that the helmet, which has like the front end looking a little bashed in, um, is kind of falls under. Well, Halsey just updated, you know, the the that particular piece and <laughs> passed it out. So yeah. Basically, Halsey's summary of the entire meeting was, quote, they'll get their tidy generations of armor on paper, but my Spartans will get the best I can give them, end quote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and, and the other other great thing about that is, and, and again, this is all throughout here, 
initially Halsey, um, and this is also pretty prevalent, at least to me, in the fall of, in Halo, the fall of Reach, Halsey may have started seeing, um, the Spartans as subjects, but they became more to that to her. She actually, there, there are parts where she actually has to remind herself, do not call them children, do not think of them as children. And it, and it's very hard for her not to. I imagine, uh-huh. I mean, God, that much time. It's, what is it? The, where you're a captive and you. Yeah, uh, Stockholm. Yeah, it's like well, a reverse. Oh, but it's reverse. It's reverse. Yeah, it's reverse Stockholm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and then, like I said, as we kind of go through this, I'll try to remember to point those parts out, but yeah, this is, it's, these are the kind of pieces that just gain more, you gain insight into Halsey. Um, so just touching on the, this next piece, um, what we, what I said in last section where I, the thought was that, you know, as Halsey's reviewing everything with her, how it would be improved in this, in this new program, which is at this point still unnamed. Um, and she says about the moral and ethical difficulties there. That all changes with this next entry in her, um, in her journal. Now, as part of this, there's this little inter, intersystem news clip that is included in the journal. Uh, it's, it's from the, uh, planet of, um, Manassas. And about a Haven terror bombing kills 2 million. In essence, at this point in time, the insurrection has begun. So the, this, uh, Freedom and Liberty, Liberation Party went ahead and detonated nuclear device on a planet that was loyal to the insurrection. Um, and, you know, the bomb was a dirty bomb too. So it was kind of packed all together. And it, and it actually projected to kill more, it would kill more people than was just in the initial blast. And her words here are like, how could they commit such an atrocity? And against those who were their supposedly their allies, they are insane. They must be stopped. I have to stop this. It's this that kind of, for me, flipped it and said, okay, the, the moral and ethical things that she was trying to resolve got pushed aside because what she was trying to fight against proved to be, you know, just pushed, pushed her too far for lack of a better term. Sorry, Pins. I'm just like, I'm trying to keep up with you in this journal. There's not necessarily page numbers. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, I'm sorry. It's the February 23rd, 25 entry. It's oh, yeah. we're still kind of early on. We've kind of jumped around here a little bit. Okay, so, so yeah. like still on the first third of the book. Yeah, so that, like I said, that piece right there is, when I look at it, it is like, that's where the decision was made and the course was locked in. It's like, okay, they're going to move forward. Before that, I still think there was a chance that may not have occurred. After this, nope, yeah, it's going down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get introduced to... Lieutenant Keys mm-hmm. coming up shortly. <laughs> yep. Um the next set the next section of the armor the next section of the journal, the next probably eight, ten pages, something about that, all speaks about a the initial developments of Mjolnir. Um 
and you know and how a phenomenon um an effect discovered in the 18th century actually helped make the Mjolnir effective. Um, the piezoelectric effect where, uh, certain materials produce an electric, that produce an electric field or charge when subject, uh, when subjugated to stress or deformation can change and go from there. Um, this whole next section, it gets really technical <laughs> on it. Yeah, it does. You know, uh, you know, it talks about, um, essentially this using this effect for the undersuit for the Spartans actually was what enhances their strength. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, test results came in from the new polym, polymerized lithium nebocene, which is something that they use for discharging static energy from slipstream, slipstream space that ships did. It's Teflon. Pretty much. <laughs> You know, it talks about how, um, you know, if it weren't as a sheath or something like that, it would just, it would help boost strength of, um, of the, of the soldiers. Um, so, and the other thing is, the other thing, great thing, the, the sketches that are in the, in the journal is, oh, they're the, so good. there is a sketch and the one, yes, blue, no work before coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite throwaway quotes of hers. And there, the interesting thing is one of the sketches that are in here, um, for those of you who have seen Halo, um, Legends, the, the, like the, the, the animated stuff that was done as a movie and released before Halo 4, there is a sketch of the power armor from, um, oh, oh I, yeah. can't, I can't remember the name of it, where, um, the main character was Ghost. Mm-hmm. Looks be like a human. Transformer. Be, the the name of it is Be Human. <laughs> um, you can you can find it on YouTube, and it's actually really good. And there's a sketch of that particular armor there. So that yeah, that's really cool. And like I said, there are, there are little graphs in here which you would which you would find in science books and things of that nature. Of there's anatomy. There's mm-hmm. there's design concepts. About the different materials used, the anatomy is accurate too, as far as I can yeah. tell. Except for on the and children, then, she can't draw yeah. children. Well, no, she it's children, it's a okay. it's another it's another comment she has later in the book. She's like, I, I'm I'm terrible is. at drawing children. And children are actually incredibly difficult to draw because the proportions are all weird. And right right after that, we start getting into um, the section where she starts talking about about um, AI. And, you know, developing AI and, you know, the idea of memories and, and, um, you know, this is where I think the ideas of taking a lot. Now, in the Halo universe, you have smart AI, you have dumb AI. Dumb AI are manufactured and they are experts in one particular field. Um, medicine, um, tactics, school, you know, something like that. Smart AIs are created from a human brain. In most cases, they were developed from a dead human brain that was then kind of trans, uh, that was, uh, changed over. An AI was created from that. And usually smart AI would only last about seven years. And this part of the journal is where you first start seeing her delving into the development of the AI. And she's talking about 
um, like one section here where she talks about the hippocampus converts short and long-term memories and is the key to mapping the engrammatic networks developed to the brain. How is that map stored? Stored must research. So she's looking at essentially how is data stored in a brain? And this is all like preliminary stuff for her work in AI. And because she did improve this, the, the, the smart AIs uh, in Halo. So, and also talking about uh, cloning as well. Oh, yes. This part so, is also creepy and cool. Yeah. So now in the Halo universe, they have flash cloning. Flash cloning has been done for organs and things of that nature. So for medicine purposes, your liver's bad, you get a healthy piece, you flash clone it, you replace. And Which essentially, so, we do that today, just not at the extent that they did it in the books. Right, right. Well, the theory behind it is medicine is advanced enough that they can do that in a rapid fashion, and you don't have to worry about rejection. Um, and she talks about, you know, cloning techniques, but the stubborn holdout was the human brain. And this is where the first steps are taken for her about, um, you know, can, you know, about imprinting next gen AIs to avoid, um, what wave function collapse that has played functionality, which means rampancy, mm -hmm. the idea of an AI going mad. Um, and this is where the concept of cloning a human brain first comes in, which by the way, is actually against uh, all the, all ethical uh, standards of the day. Uh, it's not something you're supposed to do. She also speaks about, um, and this is also important, where she speaks about the idea of rapid flash cloning of immense volumes of tissues induces gross DNA base pair errors. Congenital, congenital defects increase 42%. Incidence of Parkinson plus syndromes increase 67%. With brain memory replication, there is an 82% rate of dementia, schizophrenia, and brain cancers. Although a small fa fraction of clones are projected to live a normal lifespan, the average half-life is 14.7 weeks. And Keep that number in mind, kids. Keep that number in yep. mind. And we are now at the point where they're talking about procuring candidates, meaning they're kidnapping children. Uh, or at this point, they're planning, they're trying to decide who the children are. So this section right here, and it's, and it's a little bit on the clinical side, uh, not a little bit, it is pretty clinical. Um, you know, although she does have a section where she kind of, it kind of, you can see it, she is a little conflicted on it, but she knows it's the way that things have to go. Um, she wasn't so, even able to screen all the candidates personally. Right. She had to outsource some of it. Mm -hmm. To a number of her team and whatnot. And uh, it was, it, now this is also in the novels where she was annoyed that, you know, children change so quickly <laughs> that a lot of the stuff wasn't up to date. So next part, um, we actually get her naming the program, uh, June 19th, 2513. Uh, they, in essence, she got tired of calling the project the Orion Project Generation 2. It was too long. <laughs> so um, there's also the idea of now of the vice admiral of Stanforth saying maybe renaming it because um, Orion was kind of considered a failure. Um, so 
they even though it ha- every this program has its basis on Orion, change the name something new, and that's where um, you know <laughs> this this is a gr- this is actually a great line on her thoughts of naming a project Orion. I've always bristled at the mythological Orion reference anyway. A Greek hero who was once blinded and met, in my opinion, a rather silly demise. So, yeah. And she also talks about the reason why she wanted to name it Spartan right. on the next couple of pages. Mm-hmm. Basically pointing to the historical background of what Spartans were. Yeah, and the training and everything which would, which kind of foreshadows the trainings that the, the candidates would have to go through. You know, the high standards and you know, kind of choosing things through eugenics. And and this is the kind of stuff that makes a lot of people who dislike Halsey and have compared her to Mangala um, kind of, I know this is, this is something that kind of reinforces that when you're talking about eugenics and, you know, the right kind of genes to do, to, to be the right soldier. kind of super soldier. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it's the, the unfortunate comparison it is an advanced version of darwinism you're picking the people that will survive that have the most likely chance to survive right and the 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 other thing is is the idea of calling it spartan 2 program was to honor the sacrifices of those men and women who were who went before uh them so i mean again you're talking to somebody who can be cold, cold and clinical but understands that the the need to honor what those people who sacrificed before and get to the ugly part yeah now we're getting into the part of that is actually um this is actually parts kind of mirrors in the first in probably the second third of the novel the fall of reach where we're talking about um halsey actually going out and evaluating doing essentially what would be the final evaluation of the children, excuse me, and how uh, she's teamed up with a young lieutenant by the name of Jacob. Uh, yep. Um, like I said, the, 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 you got this feeling in the books that, in the book that he, and you see it here too, is that he really doesn't know why he's there. He was chosen because he could keep a secret. <laughs> That's what he was chosen for. And, um, you know, so they go out and they start. They she kind of splits it splits up amongst the the Spartan candidates amongst her team. They all go out and start doing evaluation. And this ne- the next section talks about um, every candidate has exceeded the selection criteria and and also exceeded her expectations for them. You know, strength, speed, intellect, you know, the ability to learn. Um, you know, she talks about. One girl, number 0058, engineer intelligence network at school to spy on the teachers. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, Kelly. Is, which is also a thing that happens in Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. And we actually get our very first uh, reference to Master Chief. Number one one number 117 had an unpresented string of 45 victories over two weeks in a brutal version of King of the Hill. Walked away with a chipped tooth. Over a dozen broken arms, collarbones, and fingers among his opponents. So, your introduction to Master Chief, folks. Uh, <laughs> he's and very, then he's very can, thorough. Yes. And then they also mention about number 095, oddly enough, was never located. 
Oh yeah, wasn't that the one that like disappeared? Like, <laughs> yes. It's like and essentially, it's like I'm just a limited precognition, but I'll believe trolls under the bridge before I subscribe to such pseudo scientific nonsense. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. O five eight's Linda. O eight seven's Kelly. My my apologies. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and now we're actually in the the section where they're going through and they're actually kidnapping the children. Um, they Causey specifically mentions that Kelly, O five O eight seven. Yeah, O eight seven. Are you talking about when they were getting their haircuts? Yeah, well, and how 087 pretty much uh, <laughs> destroyed <avoided>. the <laughs> destroyed their team. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Kel- Linda is zero. Kelly is zero eight seven, and Kelly is the one who is the fastest one out of the the Spartans. I'll chalk that up to just not having a lot of sleep. Sorry, folks. Um, and how she avoided capture for like six hours. <laughs> and so sneaky, quick girl. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and then. Well, um, and that, that was, the funny part about that was how they actually ended up catching her was mm-hmm. she she turned herself in because she thought it was a uh, a game for her birthday. Ah. She thought it was a giant game of tag, and so she was just playing. Like, she legit was <laughs> just playing with them, and she eluded them for, like, six hours. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's, a, it's just another, like, insight into, you know, the Spartans and whatnot. So... Um, also the, then also she talks about the parting of ways with Jacob Keys. Um, how she has a soft spot for him. He, yep. Remember does. that. <laughs> yes. That, that comes back to play as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how he kind of started figuring out what was going on. And for his protection, she transferred him out. Um, so it kind of showed, I mean, he's a hands on guy and just, I think, she knew where things were going with it, and she didn't want him tainted by it. Which is kind, but it's also alarming. You know you're doing something that's going to be, like, extremely questionable to a lot of people. And you're like, oh, I'm going to save this person from this grief that I'm going to cause a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and that goes it's, back to the humanization of her. Right. Because it's, she's... it's. It's a very common ability for people to dehumanize others, but the people that they've grown close to are are unique cases. You know, mm. the person that you're close with is a human, but the person across the way who you're, you know, going to be, you know, I mean, using this as an example, the, the kids are, that's why she's repeatedly, you know, made herself call them test subjects, not children. You know, she she continuously has to catch herself on that. And that's where, like, she never... I And I don't know if it, like, she just never thought to do it before it became too late with keys. Or if she just didn't, like, didn't mind. But she always... Con- she, like, connected with him almost immediately. Like, on a human level. because And then also realized that keys and her pretty much lived together the entire time they were doing the, the uh, field studies. So, right. whereas the kids, you, you see her actually develop the same type of attachment to the Spartans, actually, after they are brought into the facilities. Yeah. I mean, and, and you actually see that very early on, where, like, right after the the children were taken, and they're in, she's 
explaining what happened to them. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and while this is not in the journal, I know it's in the it's in the Fall of Reach, where uh, it was suggested that she lie to them. Yeah, um, about why they're and there. Why they're there? And she's like, "No, we need to tell them the truth." And it's you know, she talks about some of the kid, uh, one child, one boy. Asking her, are they here to save everybody from fighting and killing each other? You know, and even she said, we're asking everything of them. They deserve as much truth as we can stomach to tell them. You know, that's not, that's not someone who's heartless, at least not. Well, and and on that, on that note too, if you jump forward to the December entry where she's talking about the after action reports, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't. There's this page, and I'm going to read it just real quick. I mean, talking about how she's not heartless. Uh, she says, I just received a batch of after-action reports regarding the fates of the replacements. Longevity is well beyond what I've seen in laboratory conditions. Could the effect of their parents attempting to nurture them back to health be a factor? I've assigned Jackboot to track this. I can't bear the detailed reports of the host's, parents, hosts and parents' suffering, and in all too many cases, their deaths and grieving. I feared this would happen to me. Something about the parent-offspring relationship debilitates my otherwise objective reasoning, evokes emotion far more than anticipated. So, I mean, she... she, I mean, Halsey is not this heartless monster, is basically what I'm trying to say there. She's just... And I think this kind of ties back into what Justin was saying at the beginning, you know, about the, the genius mentality of her is she just allows logic and like, you know, objective reasoning to overrule the emotional, um, emotional reasoning. You know, she doesn't let her emotions lead. She leads with her brain, not her heart or tries to, I guess, in most cases. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, Kind of just and I guess kind of doing this um, strictly from the journal is it may not fully match up with some people if you're hearing this, but um, it was in September of 2517 where after um, Halsey and her team had gone out, they had done the evaluations of all the children, um, which uh, the initial Spartan program called for 300 children or 300 potential candidates. This was cut down to 150 and later cut down um, to 75. And that was the UNSC just cutting the budget on it. And so out of the initial numbers, there was one to 300. Um, So they went out and did this evaluation. They chose the the 75, the 75 best out of those. Um, At that point in time, they grew these flash clones for these children. And then in the middle of the night, they came in, uh, suddenly so would knock, they, and they would kidnap children and replace them with clones. Um, this is something that actually is, um, laid out pretty well in, uh, the book Mortal Dictata by Karen Travis. Um, wait, did you just compliment Karen Travis? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, man. Get that on tape. Wait, we do have it on tape. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <Look>. Okay. 
uh, it's not it's not that I dislike Karen Travis as an author. I just did not like her take on Spartans <laughs> and Halsey that were in the Kilo Five trilogy. All right, it's a fair it's a fair assessment. I just I love that there's like- and, and, and yes, in my mind, I still want to see a scene where Blue Team kicks the living ever the living ever living daylights out of Kilo Five. I'd love <laughs> to see that, but that's just me. So, um, so after after the <laughs> back on topic, um, <laughs> bring it back. Okay, so after um, after this, the, from the ages of six to thirteen, the children underwent a whole host of physical training, uh, educate mental education, things of that nature, um, to you know to to fully to physically realize their potential. And also mentally too. Um, by the time they were thirteen, most of these kids were had the bodies of eighteen-year-olds, and they were unbelievably fit. They were a- as smart or smarter than officer candidates because of their drilling, the military uh, tactics, and and all the other things that they went through. Um, so, you know, and and just kind of following through some of the, you know. The article, uh, just tying it back into the to the journal a little bit. This the next set of here. It all talks about you know their training and and you know adapting to the training and how there was actually a debate between Halsey and Mendez, some of the others as to who would actually be the leader of the Spartan. And of course, Halsey's had chosen John. Uh, I believe Mendez had actually said Fred or Sam. Yeah. Would would that would have been his choice for it um, for that, and then the the section that uh, the next section and we're starting in. Um, oh no, Minda says Kurt. Kurt, yeah, I'm sorry. So the one entry um, here, and this is just before they start hitting the augmentation. And this is the February 23rd entry in the journal um, from 2525, where Halsey said she had a long talk with John who is convinced that they're getting ready to enter a new stage of training. And again, this is just before they get started on the, uh, the augmentation side of it. Um, she wants to tell them exactly what's going to happen and then offer them a choice as to whether or not they want to do it or not. Um, you know, and this is kind of telling here is like her line is there's really is no choice. Is there not for humanity's sake? Every day the insurgency, gr- insurgency grows bolder. Millions have died in defense of the outer colonies. Since we started this, Deja updates and runs my revision of Carver's model weekly grow worse. The Spartans must be forged. One of the things I've always thought about Halsey, and I would never she's a like the best person, is and and this is kind of, and this kind of falls under the realm um the ends justify the means. And it's like it's the whole greater good argument. And that right there kind of sums it up. It's like what other options did they have <laughs> for it? And uh, I kind of see Halsey at this point as realizing that there is no other way but to move forward. So, yeah. And then the next, the next few pages, or well, the next like large chunk is a lot of technical discussions about what exactly it goes into into the augmentations. Yeah, I mean, um, or they're talking about. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of in this section, <laughs> essentially talking about 
you know, boosting thing, you know, um, like improving eyesight, improving bone density, improving muscle density, all these different things in this section here, um, and how it relates to improving, um, <clears throat> the Spartans in general and what they need to do. It's, uh, you know, in, 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 it's in this section that they're also talking about the failure rates. Yeah. Um, and, you know, is this you know, where is this where she mentions that she sent? Is this where you hear that she sent it to a person and they were like, "Don't do it." That is actually in yes. Um, this would have been the section where um, this would have been about the time where augmentations started. And and the one thing about the augmentations is Catherine Halsey. Uh, there is a vice admiral Yoromi, I think is how it's pronounced. It w- who was her mentor, right? And was that was that in, in the book though, or was that, that was in, in the book and okay, in the comic? Okay. okay. Yeah, she goes ahead and she sends. Um, like, it was the idea of using this stuff on bonobo monkeys. Yeah, and she's like, "You're not thinking about doing this, are you?" And she's like, "No, of course not. That would yeah. be that would be unresponsible for." <laughs> and, and yeah, and then the other thing is, is at the end of that scene, she's speaking with the AI Deja, mm-hmm. who's talking about that and i can't remember the exact line but pretty much she says you know sometimes she hates you know because deja is being very practical very clinical saying you know yes this is you know these are acceptable you know this would be acceptable risks and all that and halsey comes out and says you know sometimes i hate you Mm -hmm. for being that cold and clinical um on that which is nice to see her say yes and the other the other thing you know kind of on the augmentations too is on the April 1st, 2525 entry. Again, you see a bit of the human side of Halsey come out. She's talking about as a scientist, she's been trained to regard failures as data points, you know, build building a trend from the many data, you know, data points and all this. And, but now she sees, she says now every failure means some mal malformation in a child or an excruciating death. We had to move quickly. The onset of puberty was the gating factor of that and the pressure from a growing insurgent threat, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes on and she says, I've ordered that no candidate autopsies be performed. Non-invasive scan and blood tests are permissible. Brief funeral services, closed casket, serve to help surviving Spartans attain psychological closure. So, I mean, even here, um, you know, <laughs> she's 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 couching it in like, oh, this is the the scientific reason but i mean she's she's saying even after all this augmentation all these you know malformations these excruciating painful deaths she's like even the bodies they're like instead of using that as an opportunity to learn what went wrong she's saying no we're not going to do that you know and and it's just it's um i i think i read that as another another nod to the fact that she's not this this cold-hearted you know, logic monster. She she sees them as humans, and she can't escape that. And I mean, she goes on to say, you know, bodies of augmentation washouts are cryogenically preserved pending further study. So I mean, she goes on and she kind of says that they are kind of going to stay them, but she's also, I mean, she's just it's it's reading like this entire this entire section just reads as a giant conflict within her. And I think that's, I think that's really, 
something that a lot of people who have a very strong opinion about Halsey, either one way or the other, I think if you haven't read that, at least this section, I would really strongly advise doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a way to um, look at it from the perspective of, okay, they've spent all this time and money in you know, in developing and they don't waste anything. But with her, you know, the fact that she mentions about it's a malformed child, it, it, it to me means it's more than just that. It's like you, you don't want to give up on them as, as a being, as a living being. You want to give them the best possible life they can, even if it is a military life. Because no one deserves to be in that kind of pain. Notice how she also shifts her speech. It's not malformed subjects at that point. They're children again. Right. Well, and that's... So, to to also put that in context a little bit, that's also right after... Hang on, let me make sure I'm speaking on this correctly. That's also right after we see one of the first breadcrumbs about Miranda. Right. And we kind of missed this one because if we're going to talk about Halsey and, and Jacob, a human character is yeah. the entry from November 17th of 2524, where she's at a conference. <laughs> I yes. met my lieutenant. I met my lieutenant again while attending <laughs> the at the University of Calypus. I don't oh, know if it geez. was. The- yes. I don't know. Don't know if it was the dizzying pressure that I've been under or the chance reunion with a kindred spirit in a strange place or something else, but I'm glad it was him. And for anyone who has actually uh, played through the Halo Combat Evolved anniversary, there is a cutscene where Jacob Keyes is being consumed by the flood, and you see these memories flash of uh, from his life. Um, his daughter Miranda is there, but you, there is one scene um where um where you see a Catherine Halsey in a negligee flash through and the, the whole the him like essentially giving these memories away to protect his 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 military knowledge um but yeah I mean and not long in a few pages after that there's this other little that says she will have to answer for making me drink decaf <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's inside the coffee cup ring where she's put a coffee cup down. Uh, well, I know we're so, getting really, really close to time. Yeah. Um, I think the consensus now is that we need to have you do this more often and that we should do like <laughs> smaller chunks because the lore that's in this journal is massive. We're not even halfway through it, guys. Yeah. We're, like, uh, just scratching the surface of it. We're probably about a third of the way through it. And, I mean, we, the, the the first part is is the, the Spartan project. After that is when it kicks into the AI side of it. And um, just one other one other thing here with with this journal um, before I get too deep into it. The one thing about this journal is you'll notice that about halfway through it, there appears to be a couple of pages 
cut out. Don't worry, it is not just yours. Because it I might was. have freaked I might have freaked out and messaged pens when I got my when I finally had found <laughs> my journal. Um, because I had, I actually bought my journal from a half price book. So there's a, there's a risk, you know, when you buy used stuff that the things are missing and I messaged pens and I was like, pens, what happened? And so just, just heads, it's not just yours. This is intentional. Yes. It was an evil, evil trick played by (laughs) Bungie, um, on this. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, and I remember talking about this when I first read this through this and I was other Halo people. I'm like, what's with the missing pages? It's like, does anyone have this? It's like, nope, none of them do. (laughs) Which frankly was unbelievably annoying. But really smart because now you're like, what the heck were in those pages? Well, they released them. That was the thing. They released them finally. But right. At that time when they were, oh, yeah, out, yeah, everyone was like, Oh my god, what am I missing? Well, in, in the placement of the pages is also the other like huge cliffhanger on it because it was like right in the middle of one of the experiments for Cortana. Yes, it was in the midst of the AI section of the journal, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like. Oh, this has to be something that deals with making an AI. It has to be something that making an AI, and it is. <laughs> so, and uh, we will we will include those in the show notes for this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah sorry so for with, dragging and like going off course so often. Oh no, no, no! But, it's the thing is with the thing with Halo lore, and this is kind of where it really Halo is one of the fun one fun games to kind of explore lore in from a science fiction perspective because it's so ridiculously detailed and there's so many different um, directions and, you know, tangents that go on and they're all interconnected. Ultimately Mm -hmm. they're all, you know, they're all connected back into the different, the base storyline and the universe of, of Halo is very, very, very faceted. Um, I mean, just pick up mythos for God's sake and you can see the entire timeline of Halo, and it's just ridiculously. Um, but I mean, and and so that's why, like you know, we'll be talking about something, and one, you know, even if it's me making a joke or Pins making a comment, and it's off and off in a different direction. It's not actually off in a different direction. It's just it's it's a different path about the same content that you know it just brings up minds uh, or brings up memories of different different pieces of information it's just like our world Sorry. so no We're, <laughs> it's it's interesting about this is that it's i did not come to halo naturally as far as like wanting to play it and it wasn't until I read the books that I was like, okay, I could I could play this game because I'm more story driven than the the games are good. The story's kind of there in the games unless you really get into digging into some of the the extra stuff in there. But it's it's interesting. This journal really sunk in. I spent three days reading this journal. Mm-hmm. Pens kept 
also hounding me, asking if I had finished it yet. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, know, I know Justin had to drop off, but uh, when I when he got his copy, I it's like he immediately messaged me on Discord, and we ended up talking. Like I called him, and we talked like for about forty five minutes about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like um, when that's when I got Mythos. That was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mytho- oh my god! So, you, I mean, not not gonna lie, Green. If you think the journal is really cool, uh, Mythos is. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's it's basically an encyclopedia of the timeline. Okay, I mean, like, it it oh, it's big. It makes Penn's timeline. Make I, I think. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know about that's, that. Pin's timeline is Pins, pretty dang awesome. Yeah, Pins, that, that's an exercise in insane. Yeah, okay. I think I think right. Pin's timeline builds off of the timeline in Mythos, but I mean it's a strong it's a strong foundation for Pin's timeline. Let's put it that way. So what I'm hearing t- you say is that we need to get Silent Man over here to to this journal. And so he can dive into another franchise <laughs> and make another channel. Another make another channel. Yes, I didn't do it. I didn't make the joke. <laughs> I did. We can't go an episode. With but you know beard. what? You know what? There's another thing we can't go an episode without. So, so beard, you're welcome. <laughs> I know that we need to wrap this up, but. Um, if you get a chance, if anyone gets a chance, um, and you have the ability to, to pick up the, uh, legendary version of, of Halo Reach, um, they're not that, ex- they're, it's fairly inexpensive, uh, off of Amazon, or you might find, uh, a, uh like, a Electronic Express someplace where they, <clears throat> um, do game trade-ins. It's worth it. If you have, even if you're not the big tale of love, you know, lore, uh, and, and how it's presented. Um, the pre- presentation in the journal is really like, it, it, the day, what's in it is awesome, but the way it's presented is even more awesome. Um, and sometimes it's hard to kind of verbalize that as you're reading through it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the way that they do it and the way this was done is, is why it's my favorite piece of Halo lore. So. Yeah. Do we have any thoughts from the community, Lou? Like- uh, no, we do not have any dispatches for this one particularly. Um, as far as shout-outs, um, Pins, do you have any shout-outs? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd also I'd like to do standard ones. Um, Podtacular, uh, always a great podcast to do uh, to to catch um, on Halo stuff. Uh, Halopedia, um, is run, um, I've had the chance to talk with one of their leads there. Um, the Twitter handle is CIA391. He's amazing. Um, I mean, and what he does with Halopedia is awesome. Um, and then also just a quick shout out to my Spartan company, Halo Fan for Life. Uh, great group of guys. Uh, haven't had a chance to play, get on a game with them a much, but I'm hoping that'll break. But, um, then also for you guys for actually having me on. Um, and I don't know why people keep voting for Halo to have me on, <laughs> but I have appreciated a little bit. We enjoy uh, having you on. If, 
you have me ramble with you. <laughs> and I do enjoy being on too. Um, but I appreciate the opportunity. So thanks a lot, guys. You. Green, what about you? Okay. Um, my shout outs are more of a giant thank you for pins coming out again and doing the summary. It was kind of a nice, easy <laughs> week for me. Because I was like messaging everyone, I was like, "What in the world am I gonna do? I don't know what we're talking about with Halo because Halo is huge." And is like, "What's pins want to do?" And he's like, "I got this." Sends me an audio clip, and then I'm like, "All right, then I get to play Destiny tonight." Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you to you pins for coming back on, and we're going to wrangle you into your own Focus Fire Chat mini series of Halo. Um, cough, cough. Let's go. And <laughs> my second shout out is actually to the PVP tournament that's happening on uh, this upcoming week. It's going to be on the 9th and 10th of June. So hello, future people. Hopefully you're not listening to this past the 9th and 10th. If you have, you'd probably missed it. You can watch it in the clips on Twitch, but this uh, PVP tournament is the pod class pod clash. Destiny Pod Clash. Uh, Pens and I are both competing in it for FFC, along with some other FFC members on PS4. So if you've seen me on PS4 lately, that's why I've been grinding to try to get a character with something on more than just blues. Because um, play Xbox. Anyway, a uh, nice thing that's going on with this is they are doing a, this as a charity event. Not only are we competing against a bunch of podcasters from all over the Destiny community, but we're raising money for St. Jude. And there's an awesome t-shirt that I think, I'm trying to remember who designed it. It wasn't Average uh, Joe. No, it was, um, ha wasn't it Hatchy? Hatchy, yeah. Hatchy designed this amazing looking t-shirt that I'm going to be putting up on Twitter and in our discord and if we can get it into our show notes that would be awesome um anybody's welcome to purchase a t-shirt or if you want to pop in this coming saturday the 9th at 1 30 pacific standard time that is the time that our team uh, battles it out against and i can't remember who we play against the first round we play um, crucible radios Nope, just some guardians. God, I hope not Crucible Radio. <laughs> oh, they're oh, no. I'm no, no, they're no, in the no, tournament, by no, the way. No, no, they're no, there, no, no, no. along with Guardian One, and I'm like, really, guys? Just shoot me now. Um, well, no, first, first well, round. well, what's up? No, nah, I mean the first round. If we make it past, well, there's potential we'll be playing against. Um, Side, side quest, side quest Sunday. Sunday, so yeah, and that would be the two. That'd be Dan, Dan Finity, yeah. So. Oh God, Dan's good. <laughs> I yeah. like watching Dan streams. I'm just like terrified, guys, because I I like PvP, but I've never played competitively, and this is going to go <laughs> terrible. But if you'd like to watch any of the streams, because like I said, Crucible Radio's in there, Saint Fourteen Project, Destiny Addicts. So many of the Destiny podcasting community is in here playing it for this charity. Um, it's going to start at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's going to be just kind of hosted on a charity stream 
which I don't have the the web link for that yet, but I know that each of the different groups are going to be streaming theirs individually and doing multi-Twitch for it. So that is just my shout-outs and announcements for upcoming week, and God save me for playing against these guys that are going to be like legends in the PvP world anyway. The beard? Um, I I don't have much except for the absolute patience that is shown by the community, either here or otherwise, because, again, being down and out for a week, you realize how little content you make and how much it makes you absolutely feel like a jerk because you're not making content. Let me tell you about that feeling. It doesn't feel good. Uh, but that's legit the, the only thing that I have. Uh, otherwise, just to mirror the, the rest of the sentiments here, Pens, thank you for being on. Uh, the reason that people want you to be on here to explain Halo is because you go as in-depth as you can while keeping it simple. Because I was able to follow pretty much everything that was going on tonight, aside from having a couple things going on back and forth here that I had to really mute the mic for. So that's why people want you on here, and I appreciate you so much for being here and for even checking oh, nice. in with us because, quite frankly, uh, Pens is one of those guys that kind of checks in now and again just to make sure that we're all okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, we are terrible people about actually watching out for ourselves. Uh, I mean, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking the, about. That is the understatement <laughs> of the freaking night. Uh huh. I, I mean, I I don't know what you're talking about. When I I might end up getting like a meal a day sometimes because I just completely forget to eat. Uh, but Pens I'm is sorry. one of those. I'm not guys. the only one. I'm not the yeah. only one. But Pens is like legitimately the guy that kind of checks in with us from time to time, and it is vastly appreciated. Trust me, we're way too busy sometimes that we forget about these little things in life of like food and needing to keep hydrated <laughs> and, and taking you know, showers. Yes, sometimes the showers are internet connection. I don't know what you're talking look, no, no. I all right. Hygiene wise, I got some big problems on that one. I try to take a shower every day, thank you. Except for the fact that it was freaking sweaty as Oh heck! This oh, last yeah. freaking yeah. week. Being broken. Oh my god! Oh. Freaking weather! Talk about something being broken. Somebody fix the code for the weather. Blue, get on it now. <laughs> the code for the weather. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. You've encountered a rainbow a fatal error. error. <laughs> okay, not a rainbow error. Only because it fits. Were it so easy? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Man. Anyway, that is all for me. Well, big big shout out again. Thank you, Pens. Um, we really appreciate. And yes, we will probably be pestering you to get something. I, I we, we might have we might have talked about this in the past, and so this might yeah. be a, a might might be the in thing that incites actually doing something with that idea. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you and thank everyone for for you know sticking with us um and listening through i know everyone was really excited to hear this one um big shout out to uh like i think green already kind of took my idea um i i think i just got a link to the pod class shirt and yes it looks amazing mm-hmm. um i will pro- i'll put that in the show notes as well uh just yeah. for anyone who's will, curious about it i will have to say 
it kind of reminds me of a Pokeball, but... You gotta catch them all. You do gotta catch them all. It's like the Traveler and like the sunset kind of silhouettes with the... Instead of all the Guardians having guns, they have mics and podcasting type things. Although there's a crosshairs on a... Looks like a warlock. <laughs> which I we're don't not, we're not We're not gonna make any comments, but you no, know, no, I mean, nope, nope, nope. Excuse <laughs> me. Although I thought at first, I thought the mics were lacrosse sticks. I, I did honestly. I did the same thing, Pens. I was like, "Why are we playing lacrosse?" Oh, those are. <laughs> but yeah, it's, no, really it's, cool. it's a really well done shirt. I really, I really like it. Um, so we'll there's we'll include that. We'll include that in the yeah. Oh yeah, and there's like there's tons of options. Like I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this. Um, we'll include that in the show notes. Uh, the next extra lore will be a another uh, update on Star Wars. I will be doing my absolute best to be catching up on the movies that I well the movie that I have not yet gotten a chance to go see yet. Um, so I'm sure that might. That probably will be part of the heavy conversation that happens then. Uh, just a, a pre-spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen it by then. Um, and then, as we said at the top of the show, the next episode is going to be we're going to go back to Destiny like we normally do for the rest of the month. Uh, and next week's is going to be a look at the updated lore on the Worm Gods. Um, and again, reminder that we are going to be posting that question over on our website and also Green usually. Excuse me. Green usually does an amazing job at posting that on Twitter for us, uh, but we are looking to see your thoughts on what order of power would you list the five worm gods, and if you feel if you are feeling brave, explain. Um, if you want and you think Twitter doesn't give you enough characters because you know sometimes explanations can run long, we actually do have mm-hmm. contact form. We have a contact form on the website that you can use to send in your explanation, uh, and that will go directly to our group email. Uh, and I can you know we'll just read that as either well I'll if you if we did it if we get answers as part of the email I will definitely read those at the top of the show instead of in our usual dispatch segment. Additionally, have- don't forget about things like discord and everything we're easy to reach on there yes. as well yep yeah good good catch yes, like I, yeah i try to put uh the question in there as like a last second if people have anything last second to say about it i i tend to post the question there about an hour today i cut a little close like 30 minutes you only had 30 minutes to actually give me an update on what your answer would be but i try to tag everyone in it and give you a chance to to shout out the last minute things and which sticks in my mind at that point. All right. Well, as usual, we're going to run through a bit of an outro and we will probably stay for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on focusedfirechat.com. Thank you again, Pens, for jumping into the chat with us. Really appreciate having you. And as always, I will be sure to get your contact information links posted in our show notes. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedbacks and a rating 
over on iTunes as well. Reminder that we have moved to streaming the recap of the month-long Extra Lore Conversations to the first week of each month, but if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at FocusFireChat. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>